0: Welcome to the Opinions on Pickens podcast, the sports show where there are no fouls or flags, only baskets and touchdowns. Here's your host, Alyssa Butterson. On this week's episode of Opinions on Pickens, we have Brandon Zelstra, wide receiver from the Carolina Panthers joining us. Brandon, how are you doing? Thanks for being here today.
1: I'm absolutely fantastic. It's a beautiful day out of here. So.
0: so you're currently in Carolina right now or where are you at on the offseason? What you doing? What you up to?
1: um spending most of my time in charlotte um i have kind of been around the country uh visiting old friends and family and stuff um that's what i like to do during the off season is just go reconnect with people um whether it's college friends high school friends like i said a family so i've been out in cali new york in minnesota and a few more trips planned after that mainly it's just trying to stay warm minus my trips to minnesota That, that was that was for family
0: yeah, so you're from Minnesota, Spicer, Minnesota, to be specific. Am I right?
1: The little little town of Spicer. Yep.
0: What about 1,200 people live there? I think I read.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's about it. In the summer, so we're we're definitely a summertime. We have a bunch of lakes around and stuff. And so when summer comes around, it gets a little warmer. That probably doubles or triples. Big like a lot of people have cabins and stuff where I'm from, but um, I don't know. It's a, it's a beautiful city. Super small hometown vibes.
0: Love that. So talk to us about growing up in this small town and where your love for football kind of emerged in your life.
1: Yeah. Growing up in the, the small town like that, you know, you kind of become close to everybody. You know, everybody that's there. I was fortunate enough to have a great group of friends growing up. People that are, you know, there's a, there's a few guys that I grew up with that we you know, constantly made promises with each other to continue to push each other. Um, never really settle for stuff. And I think that definitely helped mold me into who I am today. Is from the people I was around when I was younger. But uh, football for me became at, or I became, I loved it at a super young age. I grew up, grew up being a Minnesota Vikings fan. So I got to watch Randy Moss and Chris Carter just beat them amazing selves on a weekly basis. And that's what kind of sparked me to really appreciate the game first. Um, I used to see Chris Carter, you know, make some crazy one-hand catches or some toe taps on the sideline. And I always thought, you know, his body control, his hands are crazy. Like I want that. So I'd go out in the yard and go practice stuff like that. For Randy Moss, it was just has his freak athletic ability, um, ability to take the top off the defense, make crazy catches. And he was just like kind of that Mr. Consistent, kind of a little bit swaggier, you know. And I always saw that and I was just like, you know, that's he's essentially my idol growing up. Um, always wanted to meet him, always wanted to uh you know kind of be the receiver he was even though I wasn't really built the same way he he really inspired me to become a receiver though um, cuz I was a running back growing up running back linebacker was probably better at defense to be honest very instinctual but um i always just wanted to be able to make plays on offense i guess and, and that's both of those people drove me.
0: that you just mentioned are not only great football players but also phenomenal people i mean i've
1: Absolutely. personally
0: had the first hand of working with Randy moss and i can say Just a chill, down-to-earth dude, loves to go fishing. I mean, like, you love to see that kind of stuff. You love to see that side of people that you admire, seriously.
1: Well, it's just the real side of people. And um, it's super easy to connect like that. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, Randy Moss loves to go fishing as off time. So do I. So it's easier to just relate to players like that. And I guess that's something that I always kind of appreciated is, when people are always their real self and um, weren't really doing it for the camera, weren't doing it for other things. They were doing what they wanted to do because they wanted to do it.
0: And at the end of the day, I've been one of those guys. We're all people. We all put our clothes on the same way. It just, it's just, like I said, good to see that side of people. It really is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So you said you played running back. When did you make this switch to wide receiver? Was this in college? When did you make this choice? Like, I think I want to change positions or was it a coach's decision? And you just kind of stuck with it.
1: So growing up, I was one of the ball in my hand. So I was a running back until um, it was like my ninth grade year going to my 10th grade year. I think that's the year I grew like four or five inches, put on 25 pounds. And so I went from five eight, you know, 145 or 16. I don't even remember what I was, but all of a sudden, like that next year, I was, you know, 6'2", 180, 185. And I was just like, eh, you know, that's a little tall and skinny for a running back. I was just like, I can probably go make some plays on the outside. And just, like I said, growing up watching Randy and Chris, like, It wasn't a hard switch for me. I was just like, you know, I I can do some stuff out here. I love catching the ball. I love just making plays happen, really. Because what really gets me going is just competition, regardless of what competition it is in life. But I always saw, you know, the DB, I was just like, oh, he's trying to stop me from doing this. All right, cool, bet. Let's go. Literally, let's go. uh, Yeah, that's absolutely (laughs) what got me going.
0: I love that, especially in high school when you're this young kid and you have this idea, really is what it is. I want to (laughs) play. college football, and then NFL football, your first goal there that I would really think would be, I want to play D1 football, but that didn't happen for you. So talk to us a little bit about your journey in college and how you made the most of that.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I literally just had this conversation with somebody else like two days ago, just kind of talking about mindset going into it. But, uh, I, you know, I always wanted to be a division one athlete. I was like, my biggest goal going into college is I want to be a division one athlete and I want to be an all American of whatever sort it is. Like, I just want to be an All-American. You know, it's a very distinct group. Um, it's kind of the top of the top. And it's something to really strive for and push for. And uh, so coming up from a super small school, you know, I didn't have really... You got, love your you got dog. dog. Sorry. Back there. I
0: love the dog peeping <laughs> in the there's, window. <laughs>
1: there's, there's there's two of them back there that want to get in right now. Um, yeah, I always wanted to go D1. Coming from the small school, I didn't have many looks. I didn't, I didn't really have any D1 looks. Um, I had a few D2 offers and then, um, a few D3 schools or whatever. And so I ended up, I looked at the D1 opportunity. I was just like, you know what? Like, this is cool. It gives me still a chance to, uh, you know, to do what I love. I still had a high competitive level level. So I ended up going to Augustana first and was there for a year and a half. And I just felt like it wasn't truly the, or this is at the time too, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I'm 20, whatever. I just told myself, like, you know, this isn't it, like, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, I just want to play. And I wasn't playing there. And I got really impatient and frustrated. But with that being said, that, you know, that kind of caused me to transfer to Concordia, the second school I went to. And that transfer, you know, because if I I always look back, like, if I would have stayed at Augustana, the whole transition, because, like, I always knew I wanted to go to the NFL ever since I was young but making that transition from D2 to D3, and not only from D2 to D3, the D3 offense that I was in was a triple option. So the people that really know football, you know, a receiver and a triple option is about as low as you can go on the totem pole to try to work your way to the NFL. So I had like a lot of odds stacked against me and stuff. And so like, when I kind of look back and reflect on like that whole decision of being impatient and transferring, that definitely taught me like the greatest deal of patience. And that's something like, you know, there's, everybody has like their key things that kind of help mold them or shape them or, you know, help develop their morals, whatever. And so that, that decision right there was one big thing for me. Cause I told myself, you know, like, cause uh, the team I was playing for Augustana, we had, they had an absolute load of talent there. And in my freshman class, we actually had our running back um, CJ Ham, who was actually a fullback for the Vikings now. So we would have had two players from a super small division to school, you know, make it to the league. Um, and it would have been kind of been like off of each other and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, from, from that transition, I definitely learned the greatest deal of patience and that's something that's definitely helped me, I, don't know, I guess, be patient and wait for things to kind of develop, you know, wait for the whole process to kind of unfold, you know, putting all of it into it before, like, you know, you decide to pick up and try a different route. The and, process yeah, so is the best part about it.
0: Out. The process really is. If you don't Absolutely. love the process, you you can never get to that next level. I don't think.
1: Absolutely. You have to fall in love with what you're doing. And yeah, that's definitely part of it.
0: So you come out of college, you go to the NFL Combined, not really any crazy things. And then you're able to, to break into the CFL. Talk to us about that experience and how that kind of got you ready for where you are now.
1: Yeah. So like the whole uh, getting even into the league, you know, coming from where I'm coming from was kind of that was like the biggest process, the biggest journey in itself. Um, that's kind of where my story kind of starts you know, I didn't have any scouts, any teams talking to me. Nobody knew who I was. I'm just this small school receiver, you know, whatever. And so I actually moved down with my quarterback down to Arizona and started working with a QB coach down there. And we found a super small hole in the wall gym to do like the actual pro day workouts and stuff. And, you know, while I was down there, I could, I couldn't necessarily afford everything. So like I went to, I went to like the training combine stuff for like a month. And then, at that point, I couldn't afford it anymore. So I just took all the training, you know, took as much as I could down mentally. So I thought that was probably my best bet to make it. Long story short, NFL didn't work out. I ended up going the CFL route. And I think there, um, well, I mean, that there's kind of where my career started to take off a little bit. You know, you learn how to be a pro a little bit more, um, how to take care of your body, how to study, you know, just all the little stuff you think about, even how to interview, maybe, um, all that little stuff of like kind of being a pro. Um, I got to, really learn kind of at my own pace too, because I was on practice roster first 14 weeks um, of my first year. And then after that, I kind of took off and then the second year I kind of had the green light from the coaches and the quarterback. So I was able to do a lot more and really build off the year before that. And I think that's, I mean, that's when I really started to put all the things I've been learning for the last couple of years together. Um, as far as like coaching points, how to handle yourself, you know, I'll all, all like little stuff. Um, and that gave me, Exponential amount of experience, kind of leading into the NFL. I was just like, okay, you know, you went through two professional training camps now. You kind of know what to expect. You know how meetings are. You know how, um, to take care of your body better. You know how to rehab. You know how to lift. You know what works, what doesn't work. And so I think all that was huge for me. And kind of what I told everybody too. Kind of looking at looking back at that experience, I said that was almost like an internship for the NFL. It was just like kind of get your feet wet, kind of understand the process of it, and then the NFL is like the big show. So.
0: And it's almost like not only the physical training, but the mind part of it, the mental part is a whole training of its own, to be honest, because even when you go out to these camps and you're trying out for teams, I mean, it's a one and done. You have a very small window to show your talent and show what you're worth to be on a team. So you're right. It really is like the reps and the mental to be able to say, all right, I got this. When you walk out on that field and know that you're confident to do that.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's something that I think a lot of people overlook is like the mental side of the game. Cause if you don't have that, all your physical attributes mean nothing.
0: And I can't even imagine sitting down, practicing a playbook this big every single day before you go on a new team or something like that. And you're like, I just learned this whole other teams. Now I got X, Y, Z to learn.
1: (laughs) And that's just it. That's, that's something I joke about with a lot of other people too, is, um, you know, my first couple of years in the CFL and the NFL, I had a different offensive coordinator almost for every single year. So I've learned uh, four or five different like playbooks, essentially. And, you know, there's a lot of crossover and stuff. But at the same time, you're like, you're still relearning a lot of stuff. It's a lot of information to put down.
0: And one thing that's for certain in in life and in jobs and in everything is change. So that's like, to me, Mm -hmm. five points on your side. I'm looking at you like, well, this guy can really <laughs> adapt. I mean, he can. You can put him in any kind of situation, and you can adapt. And that is a talent to have. To be honest,
1: yeah, I guess the way I always see that for myself is just kind of betting on yourself. You know, you can put all the in yourself, and you figure if anybody can get through this, I can. Right, a hundred percent. self belief, self confidence.
0: If know. Plan A doesn't work, Plan B is to figure out how to get Plan A to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's that is one of my mottos. <laughs> like I don't, I don't have a plan B. I put everything in the plan A.
0: Ser- I mean, just, totally, like you like
1: figure it out until it works.
0: You can only get so many no's before you get a yes in any industry. Fact. Somebody is going to want you and your talent. And you found it after the CFO. You went back home to Minnesota. I mean, how crazy is that?
1: Yeah, it's uh, really, everything kind of came really like full circle to me. I thought that was like the coolest thing. I was pretty excited to sign back with Minnesota.
0: So does your agent just call you and say, hey, they're interested. There's a tryout. How does that really work?
1: Um, So coming from the CFL, it's probably a little bit different than other people. Uh, After my second year in the CFL, we had we had a number of different teams kind of, you know, draw interest. And it's like, we want to get Brandon down here for a physical, for a workout, you know, see how he actually is, really meet him, take him out. And so out of like those 20 some teams, we really picked out like the five best. Where we thought that I might fit in the best, whether it's scheme, coaches, what type of body sizes do they usually take? There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you don't really think goes into it, you know, cap numbers, all that kind of stuff. And so we kind of picked out like the five best and Minnesota actually happened to be in like those top teams. And I mean, ultimately it is kind of my choice too, to decide what teams I wanted to work out for. But you know, I definitely put Minnesota in there and, um, had a great workout with them, heard great stuff back. And then, you know, after I finish all the workouts, it's just kind of like negotiating with teams, just kind of seeing what they see in me, what they have to offer, you know, kind of what the future kind of looks like. And then, you know, ultimately it comes down to my decision of where I wanted to play. And with everything that we kind of heard, I just thought Minnesota kind of made the best sense.
0: Does a memory stick out to you for playing with Minnesota?
1: I mean, kind of all of it. Like there, there's a lot of stuff. And like, like I said, uh, one of the things I thought was super big, super cool, kind of inspirational was the fact that I was able to play with CJ Ham again, my former teammate back at Augustana. Like, you know, we we both kind of went our separate ways. And then four years later, five years later, we ended up back on the same team. Like we're playing for our, because he's from Minnesota too. He's from uh, Denfield, Minnesota, or Den- Duluth. And uh, so it was super cool to have two Minnesota homegrown boys on the same football team and played at the same college. And so kind of seeing him And like our first special teams meeting and stuff, I was able to sit by him and just, you know, he's already been on the team for a year or two at that point. So it was super convenient, I guess, to kind of lean on him because I already had a prior relationship with him.
0: What is your go to touchdown celebration? We got to know. Do you you, you don't have a list? You don't have something that you're you don't want to do the grunk. What do you do?
1: You know, I wish I was swaggier like that, but I just don't really care. You know, (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I definitely try to have fun with it, but I'm a definitely in the moment kind of guy, not a planner by any means. So like when I scored my first touchdown this year, you know, I kind of there, there was kind of a lot that went into that one. But like I got up and was just looking for the ref foot away because I couldn't I didn't know if I if I scored, if they called it down or what. So I was immediately got up looking for the ref. And everybody's like, come on, spike it or something. And so I just spiked it as hard as I could and ran around and dapped everybody else up. But I don't have a specific celebration I like to. I don't have a signature, we'll say.
0: I Not yet, though. Not, not yet, yet, though. Not
1: yet. Not yet. Give <laughs> that, it time.
0: That can, always, that can always come to fruition, especially now you're with the Panthers. And what do you think about the community there? How are you fitting in in Charlotte? Do you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it? Is it fun?
1: <laughs> this is going to be super backward, too, but like. My, when I, when they picked me up last year, I really didn't do too much around the city, didn't really explore it much, whatever. And so I was just like, eh, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte, it's whatever. But this last year, I ended up coming back a little earlier. I came back in like the end of June. And so I had like a month and a half to kind of explore the city before training camp started. And the one unfortunate part is, you know, this year we actually have COVID. And so that's something I had to be, you know, cautious about. So I did a lot of the outdoor activities, I guess that didn't really matter with that. So I I went up hiking in the mountains. I went out to the beaches out in Outer Banks. And I did a few stuff around the city, but like mainly kind of the outdoor stuff. Um just kind of seeing different different things and trying to see what Charlotte's kind of known for. Um so my experience from now coming back early and actually like learning about the city a little bit more, it I like it a lot better. Definitely fitting in more, kind of figuring out the the spots I like, you know. Good weather. Big restaurant, big restaurant guy. Yes, the weather's great.
0: Oh, we're foodies here, Deaf. Trust me, uh, we are located yeah. in Columbia, South Carolina, so we're huge Gamecock okay. fans. um yep. Love the Panthers. Uh, we've had a few people on. My boy Mike Davis. I'm sure you know him. I mean, you can't oh, hide yeah. money. That guy is Shut just <laughs> swagging out everywhere. Mike, yes, you heard me.
1: Did he? Did he have a uh, couple of his chains on? You
0: know. I mean, a couple. I mean, what, he probably has a closet full. Now he's out with um, Todd Gurley. They're out in Punta Canta, you know, just having a, a grand old time. It's like, um, sir, can you push some of that over here? Put some luck on
1: us. <laughs> hey, what about his teammates, you know? <laughs> Come on now.
0: But um, I, I love the Charlotte community. I love the culture. Matt Rule, I mean, what are your thoughts on him when you, when you join and how do you feel about him now as a coach?
1: I honestly didn't know a whole lot. or I, I guess I didn't know what to expect with him kind of coming in. So I definitely came in with an open mind. Um, Like you said, I've been through how many different coaches now. So I just kind of learned just to take it back or sit back at first, kind of see what his, what his coaching points are, like what he's big on, just kind of learn his philosophies and whatnot. And so like meeting him, you know, I started out with OTAs. Um, OTA started April 20th last year or whatever. And so we had months of listening to him on like zoom calls. So it was different than actually getting down to meet him and whatnot, but he's a, Definitely a big, like philosophical guy. He has his, his coaching method and that's what he believes. And that's what he sticks to. Um, he definitely believes in what he does. You know, he's had success with it and he's proven that, um, you know, back to back places now. Definitely who loves the game, somebody who loves the game, but ultimately is just super competitive. So that's where I really resonate with him because, you know, that's what kind of drives me in life is the competitiveness. And I can definitely see that in him too, but his isn't. You know, the physical side of the game His is putting together this team, getting everybody to believe in one common goal and then executing that, you know, um, on a bigger stage.
0: I'm sure so, you uh, know that if if there's not everybody, if everyone's not on the same page, if, if there's not peace in the locker room, if you guys aren't getting along, if there's not cohesion, then you can't really go far with a team. So that right. is really important.
1: Yep. And that's something that we kind of stressed. Um, as the year went on, because, you know, we, we had a little bit of a slow start or whatever. And I think a lot, a lot of people probably even expected that just new team, new coaches, new players everywhere. And so it, it, we really needed to uh, get together and really mesh. And so we we actually tried to put like an emphasis on that, um, whether we're in the locker room or even doing stuff outside, but really just come together as a team, um, learn about your teammates, learn about what they've went through to get where they are. Um, and I definitely think that helped a lot. And that was something that I really enjoyed just learning about different guys on the team. Cause you know, everybody has an absolutely fantastic story. And that's one of my favorite parts about the NFL is learning everybody's story. So you really have a great job breaking down people's stories.
0: Thank like, you. It's, it's <laughs> good to hear everyone's story. Cause it's true. It's like, you didn't just pop up one day and magically appear where you are. There's so much backstories and so much hard work and not just even your hard work, family, friends, supporters, coaches that play into a role to get, you and each player where they are. So Absolutely. It, a lot goes into it and not Absolutely. just again from the player, but from the outside point of view. So with the Panthers though, again, you're right. It was a pretty tough season to say the least, but you guys did have a few kind of blowout games, sparking. You have Teddy Bridgewater now. So yep. you're a wide receiver. How important is it for the wide receivers? I mean, in general, just to have a connection with their QB. I
1: mean, it's huge. I, um, I think any, any receiver would ever say that like the more chemistry, the more chemistry, just overall trust you get with the QB, you know, the more looks you're going to get. And so that's something that I would say any receiver ever, you know, tries to really just, just be on the same page as your quarterback, just be able to, you know, run routes so consistently that he knows exactly where you're going to be. If defense throws something different out there, whether you're going to take it high, whether you're going to take it underneath, like, just having so many different repetitions, having so many different communications that you guys are on the same page that you guys can essentially think each other's thoughts. Yeah. Like that, that's the, that's the perfect world of the receiver uh, quarterback connection is to uh, really be able to predict how we're going to maneuver through a situation or, you know, whatever's thrown at us.
0: You got to find the Tom Brady to your grunk.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You know, you know, having 10 years or whatever they have would be glorious to have.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm Tom Brady biased on this show. I can't even hide it. I can't say I'm a Bucks fan, but wherever that man goes, you just have to respect show respect. To it's like respect LeBron James, no matter where he goes. It's like, you can't act like he's not on the money and he's not the goat. Facts. I agree. And I know there's a lot of talk right now. Let's just put Teddy out of the picture for a minute. There's a lot, a lot of talks right now about new QB changes, especially on the Panthers. What if Deshaun Watson came to the Panthers? I mean, what if... How would you feel?
1: It's, that's one of those what-if things. Those are super – that's a super hard game to play. I see Teddy as my quarterback right now. Teddy's my quarterback. He's, he's who I'm riding with. And then PJ and Will, um, you see those – I see those guys a lot in the offseason. So um, those are the three quarterbacks we have a roster, and that's who I'm working out with. You know, I, it's – because you could play the what-if game all day with every single player in the NFL, and it's, it's – you know, it's, it's tired. It's confusing. So I just, I just take what I got. Like I said, I'm not a planner. I just take it. I'm an in the moment kind of guy.
0: I love that. And great political answer, by the way, hey, <laughs> Thank you. Rock thank you. With my team. No, I love that. But even like you, you're right. The what if game is hard, even like JJ Watt, who would have thought Arizona and now there's somebody that needs to be on everybody's radar. If we're going to be on, honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, they got a young team. They got a, they got a powerful team. They have explosion everywhere. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be a team to watch, no doubt.
0: Now coming up into the season, like you said, COVID, played a very big role. How was it getting your nose poked every day going into practice (laughs) and getting all the, all the procedures and necessary things to keep everybody safe?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and they're talking about, Oh, you know, this and that was COVID. And I was like, you know, you know how many COVID tests I've had in the last, however long I said, I had one every single day from, what was it? July 27th to January 3rd. So however many months straight that is, like we had one of those every single day. Granted, like the COVID tests we had, they weren't uh tickle your nose, okay. make you sneeze, make you cry type ones. They were uh just, you know, toward more towards the outside of your nose. They, they just didn't go super high up. So it wasn't as bad, you know, it was still inconvenient. You had a uh, do all the stuff to get in. Um And there's a lot of protocols throughout the building, like the mask thing, which, you know, is everywhere. So that's just whatever. But, uh, you know, not sitting at each other's tables, having meeting rooms spread out, all that was super weird, super different. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's It, it was a it's lot. Different. At, the, at the same time, like, it became so second nature. Like, it, we had to do it. And, you know, we heard other teams were getting fined for, you know, cutting rules and stuff like that. And... You know, as a player, I'm not trying to ever give money back to the NFL. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to follow all these protocols. Like I have no reason not to.
0: $15,000 fine not to wear a mask. It's going that's on. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's what? going on. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Seriously. I'll wear two of them if you want me to.
0: Literally. And um, I mean, it really is. If that's the what is needed to play football and play sports, who cares, dude? It's a minor inconvenience for, I feel like, a greater cause.
1: And it's not going to be forever. And yes. that's what I kind of thought about. It. I'm like, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a temporary thing. Granted, we don't know if it's a term. we're still trying to figure all this out. But uh, I was just like, you know, just do as told right now. Like, yeah, there's no reason, like me complaining about it, it's not going to change anything. So just do what you got to do.
0: Take the high road. And also I know it's corny, but it has to be mentioned. People look up to you guys. And when they see mm-hmm. you guys doing the, the right thing, I can only hope it encourages them to do the same thing. So at games this year, were you able to bring your family? How did that work? Some games, no?
1: Um I don't even know. As the years went or as the season went on, you know, we had more and more fans kind of as they learned more about COVID and or COVID slowed down or whatever the reasoning was. The first couple of games, you know, we had a few games where there wasn't any fans in the stands and some games you had a few. I had family come out to at least one game out here in Charlotte. And that was cool because that was the first time they've seen me play as a Panther. They've seen plenty of Vikings games being that I was in Minnesota. It was, you know, easy, accessible, but down in Carolina, this is, yeah, you know, two of my brothers and um, my parents first time watching. So it was cool to play in front of them, but definitely a lot more quiet this year. Definitely, I was going to
0: say, quiet. so how important now with this season being over, how important are having the fans there?
1: It Depends on who you talk to. Like as me, I get so involved in the game and there's so much stimulus going on that crowd noise has always been white noise to me. Like, I really if you guys are super loud, cool. I don't really hear it. If you guys are quiet, you hear more other stuff going on. But like, I mean, overall, I don't to me personally doesn't play a huge role. Um, I know there's some guys that feed off that kind of stuff, and especially defensive players. I feel like they kind of need that. But, as, you know, as far as an offensive player, you know, quiet receiver on the outside, like I don't, I don't need any of that. All of it's just white noise to me.
0: I mean, all the cardboard cutouts, I'm sure that was enough support, too. I thought that was unique how yeah. they came up with that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: It's funny. My sister actually bought a cardboard cutout to put in Carolina. She was like, yeah, I'm in the stands. I'm like, you're so corny." <laughs> like
1: hey, who, people are all about that.
0: They really are. Sh- I saw on one of your YouTube videos where you mentioned a lot about writing down your goals. And I thought that was really yep. cool. I just, like I said, had an interview with Colin Thompson and one of his big things was visualization. He's always like, you have to visualize what you want. Think about it every day, write it down and keep looking at it and keep working towards that goal. So is that kind of writing your goals down does for you is keep you accountable?
1: Uh, yeah, that's something I started when I was like super young. Um, I just found success in it. So that's something I always just kind of kept to it. And the w- the way I always kind of saw it is that You know, if you write down your goals every day and you look at them every day, it's not just writing them down. It's if you look at them every day, just like you see them more and more. And then after a while, it's like you expect that to happen because you've read it over. You've seen it so many times. You're just like, if this doesn't happen now, like there's something wrong. And uh, yeah, so that's just something I've always kind of stuck to, like I said, because I had success with it.
0: What is something you want to accomplish this upcoming season or something that you've been working towards or getting better to?
1: I'm trying to be a starter. Um, that, that's something I've been trying to do since I got into the NFL. You know, it's it's just creating opportunities first by you know being consistent in practice, doing what you doing what you're supposed to do. But and then when the opportunity comes, you have to capitalize. It's, you know, if you get an opportunity, you don't do anything with it. You might get put even lower than where you started. So it's really just capitalizing on your opportunity.
0: How do you feel about this upcoming season as far as what fans can expect from you guys?
1: Um, I think you're going to see a team that definitely is going to capitalize off of kind of what they did last year. Um, I think the team chemistry is definitely going to be building. This isn't a year like, you know, last year we had OTAs to go over a playbook. This year we have a playbook already installed. So we just have to kind of touch up on things. So I, I think you're going to see a big, you kind of saw the foundation last year. You're going to see something build off of that. Um, we, we just, we don't have to reinstall a new playbook for everybody. So we can go a lot faster, maybe. We know what the coaches are looking for so we can show them that faster. Um, I just think it's going to be a lot faster to kind of get on point with everything.
0: Hopefully, we're allowed to have a lot more fans, a lot more like communication, maybe tailgating and stuff can come back. I know all that stuff people feed off of and get you like more into the Charlotte community. Because I'm telling you that I have to send you a list of some few uh, restaurants that you have to try like I have a list for Charlotte. So I'm going to email you some good food eats.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, feel free to email me after this interview. I would love to check them out. I probably already hit up a bunch of them.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite food?
1: Uh, probably Thai food.
0: Thai food? Love that. I
1: love, I love Pad Thai. That's like my favorite thing. But also pizza. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with pizza.
0: Brick oven, though. That's like my thing. Like, like getting Uncle it fresh Bell, out the yeah. oven. Like so yep. love it. <laughs> And then the off season, like now, what are like, put football aside. What else do you like to do?
1: Well, a lot of my favorite, like hobbies and stuff kind of are put on the back burner while I'm playing football. Um, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. Love to ski, snowboard, water ski. Um, did a lot of that stuff growing up. Longboard, which I dabble into right now. I was just really staying active. Like I love bowling. I love tennis. I love volleyball. You're competitive. Um, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Really, honestly, anything that I can compete. Speaking about competing, board games. We got pretty heated last night in some board games.
0: What about traveling? Do you like to travel? Are you are you out and about during the off season at all? But other than um, yes. football stuff, do you do personal just for fun?
1: No, I, I mean I definitely travel for fun too. Every every trip I go on to always has kind of business and pleasure kind of mixed into it. I always find a good place to work out or go find people to go work out with. But um, I, I'll go sightsee and do. I try to do like more local stuff versus more touristy stuff. Um, I like to see what like the actual vibe is of the city. So I do more unconventional stuff, I would say. But I'm definitely down to do or try anything.
0: Like you got to find that local pub or like that local mom and pop restaurant to just pop in and say, you tell me what to
1: order. Yep. And they they know exactly.
0: Literally. So you're this you walk in, you're the six, three huge guy. I mean, I'm sure people know you well when you come back home. Are you like the hometown hero now? Is that how you feel?
1: I get more attention than I want, I'll say. I've never been somebody for the spotlight. I don't care about the attention. I'd rather actually prefer not having it. But going back into like the small community where I come from, you know, I'm the first athlete really to make it out like that. And so I definitely get a lot of attention. And, you know, it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody. So like everybody that comes and talks to me, I either know them or like my family knows them. So, I mean, it's easy to connect with people and people are, people are just excited. Um, people are just really excited for me and that's really the thing. So I, I try to, you know, acknowledge everybody, do everything, but, um, you know, it is what it is.
0: How important were your mom and dad into your current success?
1: I mean, they're huge. I'm, I'm here for a reason. Definitely got all the support I needed from them. Yeah. I would say them and my brothers, I think it was all, it was really just kind of like a team effort because the brothers were there to play with me all the time, there to push with me. Um, that's, I always say, that's where I kind of got my like competitive nature from is um, playing with the brothers, just constantly trying to beat them and everything. And then the support I got from my parents, that just kind of piggybacked off of it.
0: So are you the youngest, the middle, the oldest?
1: I'm number two of four.
0: So you're the middle child. Okay. So,
1: yep. uh, middle child. The, you know,
0: the youngest is usually like the, the babied one. And like the older oh, one yeah, is like, I'm the oldest. So like my mom and dad, not, bad but they make all the mistakes with the oldest and then the second oh, yeah, and then it's like oh whatever you want to do have fun
1: i know how it goes you you are the one to test all the limits and then i bet get you get in a lot of trouble yeah and then i bet you the sibling underneath you was able to slide by everything because, brand new oh.
0: car goes out wherever she wants <laughs> she can do no wrong hey, in my mom's eyes i'm like mom
1: <laughs> I, I feel you that's exactly how my relationship went with like my family because my oldest brother, you know, like tests out the waters and see what he can and can't do. And I'm just like, oh, he got in trouble for doing that. Let me slow. I passed it this way. And I was the perfect child growing up. And my brother, if I ever did anything even remotely wrong, mom, Brandon's doing this. Like, why don't, why doesn't he ever get in trouble? And I'm just me. like, Hey, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was
0: the tattletale, such a tattletale. <laughs> nope. I love that though. Who's the cook? Well, Is your always- mom a better cook or your dad who, who does all the good cooking?
1: That's funny because it grew up being mom. Mom cooked for everything. And since all of us kind of left the house, there's only one left in the house, but my dad's kind of taken over. And when I say taken over, I mean, took off and ran with it. So mm-hmm. he, uh, I don't know if he got it. He was gifted a grill or bought a grill, but, um, you know, start watching the cooking show or a cooking network a little bit more, got himself another grill, <laughs> um, you know, would experiment a little more, got himself another grill. Um, so I think we have like a Traeger, we have a regular grill, we have the, we, I, we have four or five different ones at the house. The good he, eater
0: at your house.
1: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you want to try something new or you want to try, you have something like he makes pizzas on the grills. He makes like macaroni and cheese. He makes everything. And so, uh, you know, he's, he's been the guy. And so for, uh, like Christmas and stuff, we all kind of pick out our favorite appetizers or like small plate meals. And then, uh, he, we'll cook it up for us.
0: What's your go-to style for the day?
1: Depends on what I'm doing, but a lot of the time it's the first things I see I will put on. Kind of Whatever's the on the top of the stack. Yeah. What shorts are on top? Like that's, you know, I'll probably wear that and I'll grab a sweatshirt to put with it. Um if I'm wearing sweatpants, I'll usually have a t-shirt up top, you know, regulate the body temperature a little bit. But I uh, I generally run really cold. I'm always cold, so I usually have some kind of layers on that I can take it off.
0: Coming from Minnesota, that is kind of weird. You would think you'd be like uh, accustomed
1: to it. Yeah, by now. yeah, yeah. I, I, you don't understand how many, how many times I hear that. Like, oh, you're from Minnesota. You understand. You know how to, you like the cold. You know, you like zero degree weather. And it's just like, no, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it more than you probably because I had to deal with it for 25 years.
0: Seriously. I'm from Florida. So I'm all about the beach and just hot weather. I'd rather be sweating my butt off outside than to have 10 layers of clothes on. I'm with you. But yeah, in this off season, get on down to Miami. Put your toes in the sand for a little bit. <laughs>
1: I'll be, I'll be down in Florida at some point. Um, my brother just committed to Florida Gulf Coast. Um, I forget where that's at. You'd probably know better than me.
0: Honestly, I wish it's, I did, but I don't.
1: It's on the opposite side of Miami. What's on the opposite side of Miami? Okay. Well, they're over there. So I'm going to be going down there at some point.
0: <laughs> I'll put a, a graph in here when we have this on YouTube to show everybody where Nine it is right over there, <laughs> over right
1: there, there, Florida Gulf Coast, the circle.
0: Is he going to play sports like you or is there, that's just where he decided to go?
1: So I told you growing up, we did a lot of water skiing. Yeah. And so he got involved in that. Like he started water skiing when he was two years old. And so that's something that he's been around his entire life. And he is unbelievable at it. But he wants to go somewhere where he can kind of ski all year round. And so he ended up going down there. He's not playing any sports or anything, but he wants to be able to ski on his free time a lot and not be in the cold. And so I'm all about it. I will be visiting him all the time.
0: For kids that... in college right now trying to pursue any kind of sport that maybe didn't get into that d1 school and are trying to work to that next step what advice do you have for them
1: i guess my biggest thing that i constantly tell people is the number one thing and i learned this being in college and you always kind of said it you always kind of whatever but like after i really started to break it down and understand what it meant like it changed my life and that's control what you can control like my instagram bio thing or whatever because that that's you know, that's the reason why I'm here today. I had a bunch of different coaches. I always kind of say that. And after I kept hearing it from coaches, I was just really broke it down and what it meant to me. And it definitely helped shape where I'm at today. And I'm a lot less stressed because of it, I would say, you know, you don't anything that's out of your control, you don't worry about and then just kind of let it ride out. And then you you're not going to be over anxious about anything. It's just, you know, it is what it is. I feel like um, the then, list
0: of things that you can control are way shorter than things you can't control. So just focus yes. on
1: these. Yes. And if you focus on those, that, everything else will take care of itself. And then the other thing I would say is uh, as far as like the process to get to where you're going is absolutely everybody's process is different. There's not one right. There's not one wrong way to do anything. Um, so keep an open mind and figure out what works for you. Figure out the steps you have to take, you know, get success by failing. I couldn't tell you how many times I failed to get where I am. I was not afraid to try anything. I was not afraid to reach out to anybody. Um, just do anything you can. Because what I kept thinking about when I was, you know, going through the process to get into the, you know, which ended up being the CFL, but like the NFL CFL is I was just like, you know, if I, if I go back to five years, am I doing all that I could do? Like, would I, would I regret anything? And I was just like, oh yeah, you know what? I actually have a little bit of time here. I could probably use the time to go do this instead. And so that's what I just kept doing with myself and got to the point where I was, I feel like I was the most, my most efficient self. And like I said, just kind of learning by failure and whatnot that, you know, it worked here. And it, I told you one of the, my favorite things about playing this game is hearing everybody else's story of how they got here, the ups, the downs, the sacrifices they've made, the things they've had to go through, injuries, you know, non-football stuff, like just life lessons they've had to go through. I think all of that is absolutely so powerful and incredible. It just shows you that there's not one right way to do it.
0: Um, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, I know you have a long way to go because you have a great, successful football career coming ahead of you. But have you ever put any thoughts into life after football? Any ideas of what you would want to do after this career?
1: I definitely think about it. Definitely think about it often. I don't have any one answer for you. I just know the things I'm kind of looking for and different avenues that would kind of help with that. Um. So with that being said, I've always thought real estate might kind of be like my alley to go into. So that's something I've definitely started doing my research with a little bit. Try to you know expand my network a little bit within that realm. So I'm thinking about exploring that a little bit. But who knows? You still I still have a through, long way to go. Yeah, I might go through some major life event that's gonna you know trigger something for me, and then
0: motivational speaker. Shoot, add that to your list.
1: You know, I've always kind of thought about it. I, I love that kind of stuff. I you know that's something I studied for years and years and years and years. So I have, a, if, if I were to do that, that would be a, such an easy transition for me. I know exactly the points that I'd want to hit. So I'm I'm open to it. You can, know.
0: can you tell everybody where they can follow you at Instagram, Twitter? What do we got?
1: Uh, Let's see. Instagram is at Brandon Zilstra. I think all one word. I honest, I'll be honest. I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. It's probably Brandon underscore Zilstra, Brandon we'll Zylstra. add it right here, people. <laughs> yes, thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, we'll definitely get everyone on fall. and you guys, OOP fam show, Brandon some love, please. Hey Real yeah, awesome I dude. It. Hopefully you don't get too famous to come back on the show.
1: Hey, I'm always welcome, right?
0: Yes, always always welcome. Thank you for All your right, time. And Opinions on Pickens fam, make sure you guys are subscribing, downloading our episodes. We have a new email subscription where we have exclusive content all right here. Yep. And we have some awesome giveaways coming up, guys. Some signed jerseys, some tickets to some upcoming games. So make sure you guys are looking out for all that. Again, my name is Alyssa Butterson. This is Opinions on Pickens. Keep winning. Thanks for listening. Check us out on Instagram at Opinions on Pickens. Please like and subscribe to us on YouTube and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep winning.